Well, good morning. Uh, We are continuing our series that we've been doing. We're looking at the idea of family, and we are looking at uh, family, which exists in times and places throughout the whole world, but we're specifically trying to look at it through the lens of Christ. We're going to be, uh, throughout this year, focusing on what we call Christ vision, and we're going to take a look at the world around us through the lens of what we see in Jesus. And that's going to change the way that we see things, like family, like marriage, like parents and children, and our responsibilities toward one another. Uh, There are a couple of places in the Bible where Paul is going to address parents and children. And he's going to be doing so not as a a Jew on his own, and not as a a citizen of Rome, not from a Greco-Roman context, not from an American context. He's going to be doing so through the lens of Christ and trying to emphasize what's unique about that relationship now that you've made a commitment to Jesus. It changes things. It changes everything. It changes the way you view your work. It changes the way you view yourself. It changes changes the way that you uh, view your parents and your children. One of the difficulties with a lesson like this and uh, any lesson that that focuses on family is that... um, In this room, there are many different situations that are represented. Um, And so if I were to talk about parents and children, at one time... Uh, everyone in here was a, was you know a children, <laughs> and so uh, so that unites us in some ways. Uh, but not everyone in here is a parent. Not everyone has the same uh, relationship with their children. Not everyone has children the same stage in life. Uh, it, as a child, some of you are grown. Some of you are still living in your parents' houses, and so it's difficult to. Um, have a one-size-fits-all sermon, Uh, especially when you're transferring a message written 2,000 years ago where it was probably more likely to have uh, multiple generations all living together. And and so the way that uh, a father would be listened to while everyone's still living in his household, his children and his grandchildren and possibly great, you know, uh, is going to be perhaps a, a little different than in our culture where someone moves out at 18 and then they move three states away and then you see them, you know, at holidays. Like, that, that's not really the way that uh, family often was in that ancient culture. And, and so uh, there are going to be some difficulties on my part because I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and it's hard for me to like think about parents and children not in my exact context. Uh, I think when I think about like parenting, I think about what I'm going through as a parent. Uh, but hopefully, in this, uh, there will be enough uh, for each of us. Regardless of where we find ourselves, some may be more applicable to some families than others. Some may be more applicable to some times than others. Some of these might be things that you'll experience in the future, and some of these th- might be things that, uh, that you can reflect upon having gone through in the past. And some of them might be things that you can do right now today to, uh, to make some positive changes in your relationship with your parents or your children, regardless of how old they are or where they live. So as we go through this, I'm not putting any fixed age limits on uh, the word children. Uh, By children, I mean you were born to people. Uh, And so if that happened to you, then then you're in that category. Uh, By parents, uh, I mean people who've had uh, children. Um, So as we go through, 
we're going to view these relationships uh, with Christ's vision. And we're going to start off just by looking at a couple of passages where Paul does that. Paul talks about the way that children and parents and fathers specifically in this context relate to one another, uh, particularly uh, their relationship of, of trying to rear that child uh, as, as he grows. Uh, he says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Um, we talked a few weeks ago about like Greco-Roman household codes and how love and submission become the defining features that Paul uses, particularly in marriage, to uh, critique the Roman household codes, but also to emphasize what's unique about Christianity. I think you can see the same types of things uh, demonstrated here in the relationship between fathers and sons. In fact, this whole discussion, in Ephesians at least, begins with uh, an expression of mutual submission, submitting to one another. And then he talks about the way that's done in these different household relationships, whether it's servants or whether it's children and fathers, whether it's husbands and wives. Uh, What does submission and love look like there? Whenever Paul addresses children, he does so with the attitude that they are supposed to be submissive to their fathers and to their parents. But when he also addresses parents, he does not say, and reign with free will as lords over your children. Uh, what he does is he tempers even the authority and the, uh, the manner in which they may be tempted to, to rule their household. You rule your household in such a way not as what is best for you, but as what is best for your children, who you're trying to, to cause to grow up. So when he says children do not pro- or fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged, you factor in... What am I saying and how is it impacting not just like my emotional well-being and what I want to shout about, but how is it actually impacting the child? Is he growing discouraged because of my words? If so, a change probably needs to take place. Um, Paul, by the way, in in Ephesians is going to uh, expand a little bit on this, but he'll say similar things. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So in, in uh, Colossians, he uses the phrase, in everything. Here, he Christianizes it and says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Um, that's a quotation from actually the Ten Commandments, uh, where you're supposed to honor your father and mother. And Paul notices the fact that as you go through the Ten Commandments, there's a promise associated with that one. And the promise has to deal with, generally in life, when you listen to the wisdom of your parents, it's going to make things better. might not always feel like it. might be hard to do. Uh, but by and large, parents who have lived a life know a little bit more about life. And so by listening to them, they'll, and if they love you, they'll generally say things that will keep you safe. Uh, when your parents tell you, you know, not to go out drinking and driving at nighttime, there's some wisdom behind that. If you listen to it, you're much more likely to have a good life and you're much more likely to live long in the land. Uh, And so listening to your parents about not sticking a fork in a socket, going back to my context, or, uh, uh, you know, the the way, you you know, you might respond with alcohol or friends and things like that, generally what they're saying is going to have some wisdom behind it that can be helpful to your life. Um, The land promise in Israel dealt a lot with how they would remain in the promised land that God was giving to them. And if your parents are teaching you about the Lord and children are listening and growing and learning about the Lord, then they're probably going to be more faithful to the Lord in the land. And he's promising that in the land that God's going to give you, 
you're going to be able to dwell there. You're going to have peace there. Listening to your parents is a, is a really important part of keeping that cycle going. Um, but then he goes on uh, and he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So you notice how in these passages, uh, with respect to the children, he, he adds the idea, like in Colossians, that this pleases the Lord. So when you're serving your parents, when you're listening to your parents, you're not just doing it for them, but as a Christian, using Christ's vision, your response to your parents is, uh, is representative of your response to the Lord. And if you want to pre- please the Lord, then you listen to your parents. And the same thing is true for parents. Uh, when you're raising your children, you're not just raising them to be what you want them to be. You're raising them to be what the Lord wants them to be. You want them to be people who are committed and dedicated to the Lord, regardless of how successful they may be in business or whatever when, when they grow up. Uh, your primary concern as a parent is not what culture thinks is good for your kids or what you think is best for your kids, but what the Lord thinks is best for your kids. And so you raise them up in his nurture and discipline. You raise them up so that they grow to know him. So just looking through these verses, we get a number of goals that Paul seems to think uh, are, are representative of what this relationship should look like. <clears throat> For children, those goals are things like pleasing the Lord. Why do you obey your parents? Because your goal in your relationship with your parents is to be, be pleasing to the Lord. Um, he mentions that it is right to do this. Uh, when you look at what God wants in this world, when you look at the way that God established this world, there are certain things that are right and good and just. And there are some things that lead to constant headache, that ignore the natural order. And he says, by listening to your parents, you're pleasing the Lord and you're doing what is right. He uh, takes it back to the Ten Commandments and, uh, and reminds them of the promise that there's actually wisdom in this. You can live a longer life and generally a better life by having a good relationship, by listening well to your parents. Um, like anything, there are exceptions. Uh, and, you know, you can pretty much any bit of wisdom you can get you can find ways in which it didn't work out quite like that. But I do think it's a general truth that listening to your parents will set you up well in life. Uh, Finally, he goes on to mention the fact that it will lead to a good life and they will live long in the land. Uh, And so when you're looking at uh, the goals that Paul seems to have, you have a better life in the here and now, a life where you're doing what's right, and a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Those are pretty good goals to have. You know? When you're thinking about what matters most and you say, well, I want to be pleasing to God and I want to live a good life, there's not much beyond that uh, for what is important. Um, and so for children, that's the reason that Paul gives for listening to parents. For parents, he says, uh, one of your goals is for your children not to become discouraged. Don't be so overbearing on them that they feel like it's impossible to live up to your standards. Don't be overbearing so that your children become discouraged. That, that's what he tells in Colossians the fathers to be concerned about. Uh, how are your children responding to your instruction? If they're constantly browbeaten and if they're constantly feeling like they can't measure up, then back off a little bit. Uh, give them a little bit more encouragement, space, and freedom uh, so that they can be children, so that they can grow up, and so that uh, they can do so without feeling like they're worthless all the time. In Ephesians, he says, so that your children don't become angry. If, if after every interaction you have with your kids, 
someone's walking away angry, it's probably time to refocus uh, the direction the conversations tend to go and uh, how they're getting there, what your goals are for your kids, what their goals are for themselves, and what is causing this clash. Because one of your goals as a parent is for your children not to become discouraged, for your children not to become angry. And finally, the, the goal that he mentions in uh, Ephesians is for them to grow up in the discipline and instruction or the nurture and admonition, or some of the words that are used there, uh, of the Lord. Meaning a Christ-centered structure for their lives. As they grow, as they learn, as they uh, experience structure and direction, that direction is leading them on a path to the Lord. It's leading them to Christ. As parents, I don't think there's a better goal for us to have than that. Um, when I think about what I want my kids to do, when I think about whether it be like sports or education or what careers they're going to have, um, I need to remember that those things pale into absolute insignificance with respect to their walk with God. Not to say they're not important. It's not to say that it's wrong to ever care about them or to put time into those things. But if those are taking place over their spiritual well-being, then those are the types of things that are becoming idols in your family. Those are the types of things that can harm your relationship with your children if it's supposed to be a Christ-focused relationship. That's the way you see your relationship with them when you take off your Jesus glasses and you start thinking, all right, what do I want? What would be best for them in in my world and in my sense? And, And so Paul wants us to maybe put a few blinders on so that we don't see all of those other things so much and it can focus our attention on what ultimately truly matters. And so as we continue this lesson, we're going to talk about some ingredients to a healthy and good relationships. I I like to hope that these things are rooted in uh, good scriptural ideas, also in practical wisdom. Um, They are things that uh, hopefully will be practical so that you can Try to reach those goals that Paul has uh, written about while also trying to nurture a good relationship with your kids. I'll say it is going to be much harder to lead children to the Lord if you can't talk to them. It's going to be much harder to lead children to the Lord if they don't like you and if they don't trust you. And so having a good relationship with them is one of the imperatives for being able to guide them in the direction that, uh, that they need to go. If they see hypocrisy in you, you're not going to be a good spiritual guide and leader. And so these are things that as parents, uh, but also as children, try to apply them uh, to your life and into your relationship, uh, whatever end you find yourself on, uh, to try to bring about something healthy, to try to bring about a, a relationship that will honor God that will glorify him. Um, To begin, honesty. You know, it's kind of simple, uh, but pretty much any relationship you're talking about, if one person proves to be dishonest and untrustworthy, it's really hard to move on from there at all. It's hard to take a next step in a relationship if the foundation of it uh, demonstrates a lack of trust. So if you're an employee or an employer and the, the other one is constantly lying to you, you can't trust the words that the other one tells you, it's going to be hard to have a good business model. It's going to be hard to work, make that relationship work. Husbands and wives, same thing. Uh, elders in church, same thing. Parents and children, exact same thing. Um, demonstrating that you're a person of integrity and honesty. When parents can trust their children, 
then they can move forward into helping, guiding, loving, building a relationship. When children can trust their parents, then they can do the same thing. But if children are constantly told one thing by their parents, and then reality goes in a different direction, um, it's going to be much harder for them to put confidence in you in the future. And sometimes it's really hard. So I I remember one time, uh, and it, it changed the way that I've tried to parent, although now it creates other problems. You ever notice how every time there's a problem, you have a solution to it, and that solution ends up becoming your next problem? Uh, it happens all the time. But uh, I was, uh, we told our boys we're going to take them to the zoo. They got really excited to go to the zoo. They got all dressed to go to the zoo. We got in the car to go to the zoo. We drove across town to go to the zoo, and we got to the zoo. And for some reason that day, the zoo uh, was closing at noon. Uh, they were doing like some sort of remodel or something. Anyway, we got to the zoo, and people were all walking out of it, and the zoo was closed. And we had just told them we were taking them to the zoo. I didn't try to lie to them. I didn't try to, like, it wasn't like a plan that I had had the night before to break my children's heart. Uh, I was trying to be a good dad and take them to the zoo. But there were things outside of my control. But to them, all they know is dad promised to take us to the zoo, and he didn't do it. Uh, we ended up going to, like, PetSmart and looking for puppies and, and little, little things. But... Uh, <laughs> But what I've started doing since then is now I never tell them when I have a plan for, like, what we're going to do. You know, I'll be like, we're going to go do something. And now they argue with me the whole way trying to find out what it is. But I don't want to get there and it not work out because I want them to be able to trust the things that I say. Now, that's perhaps a silly example, but there are much more serious examples that pop up throughout our lives. Honesty is essential in this relationship. Sincerity is a lot like honesty, but it is also an essential ingredient. Um, Children are pretty good at detecting when you're being fake, It's seeing the masks that you wear. Um, When you go to church and you put on a nice big smile, and you put on a tie, which I'm wearing a tie today, um, and, uh, and you greet everyone, and you talk really nice about everyone, and then you get in the car to leave, um, and uh, you immediately start bad-mouthing the way things were done at church, or maybe some of the people who are there, or expressing your dissatisfaction, or when you're yelling at them in the car on the way to church, and then you get there, and you put on your nice, nice big smile. Like, they can see that difference. They notice that difference. Uh, that might be one example of a way that you can, you know, where, where they see that. But when they see that you are fake or insincere around one group of people than another group of people, it harms your credibility as a parent. Um, by the way, the same thing is going to be true when parents are trying to, to rear their children and they see around one group of people they are not themselves. Uh, that, that's kind of an alarm sometimes when they have to be someone else in this group and they put on a mask that, uh, that isn't a healthy one. Parents will often try to help guide their children. Hey, that might not be the group that's for you. Uh, and so, but sincerity, um, authenticity, being able to see that and being able to uh, experience when your parents are coming and talking to you, they genuinely do love you. This is genuinely coming out of a place of concern and care. Well, that sincerity matters. Uh, Humility matters a lot. Um, (laughs) I thought when I was a kid, and maybe they did. I don't want to insult my parents. (laughs) I hope they're not listening to this lesson. But I thought that by virtue of being a parent, 
you had all the answers. Like, I assumed that they knew what they were talking about. I think they did a pretty good job. But as a parent, I'm coming to realize I often have no clue what the best solution is to this problem or the best way to handle this. And I'm flying by the seat of my pants, trying my very best, uh, because I do love my kids and I do want them to do the right thing and I do want them to have good lives and I do want them to learn of the Lord. But a lot of times there are situations that arise and you think, man, I don't know what the best option here is. Um, The ability to admit that is probably helpful. Um, The ability to demonstrate that you are flawed, and yet you're trying your best, and you love the Lord, uh, and you want them to also, and let's work through this together, is probably a healthy starting point. If your children can see your failures, which they probably can, but they also see you deny all those failures and act like you don't have any of them, uh, again, that's going to be a, a barrier in that relationship. And so coming, and, and by the way, children, uh, teens, uh, you know, youngsters, uh, have some humility as well. You know, there's a, there's a famous saying, uh, I don't even remember what the exact ages are, but something along the lines of, when I was 16, I was amazed at how ignorant my parents were, but now that I'm 26, I'm amazed at how much they've learned. Um, the, the idea is sometimes your parents can look a lot more ignorant than they actually are, but then as you grow and you gain more life experience, you begin to see oh, that that makes a little bit more sense now. I think the same thing is true in our walk with God. There are ways and times where I don't know why God said that, and I wish he hadn't done things this way, or I wish that. But then as you grow, you look back and you're like, oh, maybe there was a reason for that that perhaps I didn't notice. Um, That can happen as well. So parents, you're not perfect. You don't have to try to look it all the time. Uh, You can approach the relationship with an understanding of your... of your own limitations, uh, with an understanding of humility as you try the best you can from there. Um, Attention, very important. If your kids can't get your attention when they need to talk to you about something, uh, they're going to stop trying to talk to you about something. And if you don't give them attention in the things that you don't consider important, they probably won't seek your attention in the things you do consider to be important. So if you think your kid's talking to you is like wasting your time, I don't have time for that. i got to work with something else because it's not important to you. When they are going through something that's important and you're wanting them to tell you, they've already learned to go somewhere else. Give them your attention. Sometimes that means putting the phone down. Uh, Sometimes that means turning off the TV, getting off the computer, whatever it is that often steals our attention. Make less time for those things and more time for your children. Children, turn the phone off sometimes too. Uh, Give your parents some attention. If you want this to be a relationship that is mutually beneficial for years to come, uh, put some effort into it. And sometimes attention is nothing more than effort because you value another person. When you won't give them your attention, it shows that you either don't value them or you don't value them enough to put any effort into it. Attention isn't always easy. It's not always fun. I mean, it really isn't. Sometimes it's like, I am tired of your story, Levi. No. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but, uh, but demonstrating that sort of attention, I think, is a, a really important thing. Um, <clears throat> interest. Try to share some, some mutual interests with them. Um, try to demonstrate that you care about what they are interested in, even if, 
even if it's not your interest. Um, and, and so showing interest in their interests, showing interest in them, asking questions. Just ask your, ask your kids some questions. Kids, ask your parents questions. Ask them questions about things that they went through growing up. I, stories are good. You know, like, in, get to where you enjoy hearing stories uh, from other people. Because I, th- I think you'll uh, <coughs> learn more about them. And that's the type of thing that builds relationships. But also with every one of these, if you care about your children um, becoming faithful to the Lord throughout their lives, if you care about spending eternity with them, then show some attention to their spiritual well-being. Pay interest to how they're doing uh, in their walk with the Lord. Talk to them about those things as well. Um, time. Give them your time. Make time for them. Uh, they notice when you prioritize your time above them. So every day, make sure that you can make time, quality time, like important time, well-spent time with them. Make sacrifices. This sometimes might mean not doing something you want to do because it's best for your kids. And children, make sacrifices for your parents. Sometimes you might want to go do something, but in order to demonstrate your love for them, you make that kind of sacrifice. Sometimes make sacrifices together where both of you maybe don't do something you want to do because there's a greater goal. Sometimes, uh, what, you know, if the, your walk with the Lord actually is the most important thing going on in your life, sometimes you might both sacrifice something you want to do to prioritize that uh, for uh, a spiritually uh, focused weekend or something that uh, they're doing at church or for just going to church or for making time throughout your day to have a Bible conversation or a family devotional. Sometimes you have to sacrifice something you want to do in order to make time. You, wanting time is not enough. Like saying, man, I wish we had more time for this. That's not going to create an extra hour in a day. Sacrificing other things is how you make time for new things. And if you want to have a more spiritually focused relationship, sacrifice what you want to do and make time for what you need to do. Um, kindness. That is simple. But seriously, be kind to each other. Use kind words to each other. Do, do acts of kindness uh, for your children. And children, do a random act of kindness for your parents. You, it, would, it would make them feel so good uh, for their children to act in kindness towards them. Uh, make sure that's a priority. Play together. Um, now, for me, that's easy to do. They're always wanting to play. Uh, but there are other ways you can play as well, whether it's sports, whether it's a game, whether it's just a playful conversation or jokes. But... If you're sharing laughter, if you can share some, uh, some pleasurable time with each other, uh, that's really, really important. Go do fun things together. Go to Dollywood if that's what they like or if that's what you like. You know? But try to find things that you do that the sole purpose is enjoying one another. And then finally, uh, pray together. And I would also add with that worship together. If your child comes up to you with something that they are dealing with, or if they don't come up with you, but you find out something that they're dealing with, um, and they see that you consistently go to God in prayer out of love for them, that you will pray with them over this, that not only shows them that you care about them, but it shows that you care and trust God, and that you want to your relationship with them to be rooted in something bigger than just yourselves to be rooted in something that's eternal, 
in something that's transcendent, in something that's powerful. Prayer is one of the best ways, I, I really believe this, to build relationships with another person. When you listen to them and then you communicate what you've listened to to God on their behalf. Uh, that shows them like all of that. It shows them that you're listening. It shows them that you're honest and sincere. It shows them that uh, you don't think you can solve all their problems. It shows them humility, but maybe God can. It shows them that you're interested spiritually in them. It shows them that you're interested in what they're actually suffering through or, or trying to work through. It shows that you're giving them time. That, like, like pretty much all of these things we've talked about can be demonstrated by setting aside time to pray with your children. And for children, pray for your parents. Lead your, lead your parents in prayer sometime. Uh, pray for them about what they have going on in their lives. Show them that you care spiritually about where they are and that just as they're concerned about the type of Christian you're going to be, you're concerned about the type of Christian that they are and they're going to be. Uh, you can help each other in this thing. And in doing so, I think it will bless many relationships for many years. So as we draw our lesson to a close, <clears throat> here's the call to action today. Uh, this is for children and parents. And again, remember, I'm not necessarily putting any age limits on that. Uh, give each other a gift this week. Uh, it doesn't have to cost money. I'm not saying go to Target and buy something. Maybe you want to do that. Uh, it can uh, be time. It can be an activity. It can be a conversation. A thoughtful evening, a trip to the park, a dinner uh, that you know they'll like, a night without a phone where you pay attention to each other, uh, a thankful letter where you express your gratitude for who they are, their, uh, what they mean in your life, what they have done for you. But make an effort this week in your relationship towards your children or towards your parents. Um, act in kindness uh, intentionally to show that they matter to you and that your relationship matters. Uh, I don't know everyone's exact family situation in here with parents and children, but I do know that every one of us has a father who loves us, who transcends this life, and who's looking down on us now. And I do know of all the relationships we can have in this life, there is not a relationship that's more important than our walk with him. And God loves you, and God is calling you. And if there's anyone here uh, this morning who would like to become a child of God, who would like to receive the grace and the love that come from him being your father, uh, please let that be known. If you uh, are struggling and you would like prayers on your behalf, you can let that be known as well. You can talk to some of our elders in the library in the back, or you can come and ask for the prayers of the church. But either way, we ask that you let it be known while we stand and as we sing.